0: I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts, and your host for today. Joining me in the studio today are two representatives of one of the cultural historic gems of Delaware, the Historic Odessa Foundation, representing the historic houses of Odessa, the Executive Director of the Foundation, Debbie Buxton, and someone related to families connected to the houses in Odessa, Don and Sharp. Welcome, both of you.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you Paul.
0: So glad to have you here. Uh the historic houses in Odessa are are just wonderful gems of of culture and history and heritage in Odessa and and really representing an important uh part of Delaware history. Uh Debbie, let's talk a little bit and and please chime in Donan, about the history of the houses and uh, sort of what they represent for the the agricultural and and mercantile really economy of of delaware
1: oh it's a wonderful treasure trove of, of history and architecture odessa is one of the most pristine colonial townscapes in the state of delaware the entire town is a nationally registered historic district and many of the buildings within the town are independently listed on the national register of historic places The historic Odessa Foundation owns six major buildings, one of which is a National Historic Landmark and also a National Park Service Network to Freedom site. Odessa was, in the 18th century, a very active and busy port for the region. They shipped 400,000 bushels of wheat out of Odessa in the 18th century. It's first settled very early by the Dutch and the Swedes, who were forced out relatively quickly by the English. And certainly by 1720, 1730, it is an established English settlement. Um, The name of the town was originally Cantwell's Bridge, named for the family that operated the toll bridge over the Apoquimic River. And the word Apoquimic is an Indian word, that means a place where we had to portage. It is also the shortest distance over land between the Delaware River and the Chesapeake Bay. So it was a major trade route for the region, starting first as an Indian trade route and then and then later as a major English trade route.
0: So before the C&D Canal, it was extremely important, as as you say. Is that correct?
1: It was. It was very important because it's only about six and a half miles from Odessa to the head of the Bohemia River, so it was a it was a quick shot to the Chesapeake,
0: and and that river flows into the Chesapeake Bay. It does. Okay. it does. So so Odessa is not on the Delaware River; it's on the Appaquinamic River. It's
1: on the Appaquinamic River, but it's only a mile overland to the Delaware River, about three miles by water because the Appaquinamic is a windy, windy creek, but um, it's tidal. Mm-hmm. And at Odessa, the current clips through at about you know four and a half knots,
2: which is very fast
0: mm-hmm. now donna what what is your connection to the history of these houses?
2: <laughs> well, my grandfather, in nineteen thirty eight went back to Odessa after having taught school there uh, which I think started his passion um He taught school and he lived in Odessa. And then went on about his life till 1950. 58. Yeah, uh, but he 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 restored. He bought the first house, the Corbett House, and restored it. And then got carried away, went building by building. <laughs> and he was really very passionate about the town, about the history. And as Debbie said, the the architecture is just beautiful. There is no other, no other place really on the East Coast that compares to it. Mm-hmm. So this was his little treasure, mm-hmm. and he carried on until the day he died.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, now, Debbie, uh, let's talk about the structures that are part of the complex uh, that are managed by the Historic Odessa Foundation. Houses and outbuildings.
1: The uh, Well, the jewel in our crown, of course, is the Corbett Sharp House, which dates 1772, 1774. And it is the finest example of mid-Georgian architecture in the state of Delaware and is truly one of the finest in the mid-Atlantic. In addition to being fabulous architecture that would have been perfectly comfortable on any street in Old City, Philadelphia, in fact, it's often um, compared to the Samuel Powell House and the Stampler Blackwell House. Um, but even better than that, it's also one of the best documented. This house was owned by the same family from the time it was built until it was purchased by H. Rodney Sharp in 1938. The family kept extraordinary records. So the house is, uh, is documented by inventories, building uh, building invoices. We know the architect that built the house, and in many cases, we have original family furnishings, which just doesn't happen with historic houses. Mm-hmm. So it's a really important resource, certainly for um, American architectural history, uh, regional decorative art history, and and certainly for the state of Delaware.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, as a former history teacher, I remember taking students to uh, Odessa mm-hmm. to visit some of the the, the, uh, the to visit the complex there. And uh, the reason we did, as a history teacher, you can learn so much about Delaware history and economy Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to the architecture of the period. Talk a little bit about the uh, the the economy of Odessa and the kinds of activities the residents of those homes engaged in. I believe some of them were Quaker merchants, and so uh, just a lot of rich history there.
1: There is a lot of rich history, and you're absolutely right. Many of them were Quaker merchants. Our Wilson Warner House belonged to uh, one of the wealthiest men in town. He built the Wilson House in 1769, it's a wonderful example of Delaware-style Georgian architecture, whereas the Corbett House is much more in the style of an urban Philadelphia townhouse. Um, he was a very wealthy man. He operated a store. He was uh, he was exchanging goods with the city of Philadelphia. He owned a sloop called the Anne, which was transporting things back and forth from from Philadelphia. Um, William Polk, who was another businessman in Odessa, built our brick hotel in 1822, which operated as a hotel and tavern. And in 1822, it was a really posh establishment. Up until that point, taverns um, and inns were pretty rough places. I mean, you know, there were places where you stopped when you were route-traveling. Um, But oftentimes you shared your bed Mm -hmm. (laughs) with Mm -hmm. a total stranger, Mm -hmm. and it could get pretty raucous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They were pretty rough places. But the Brick Hotel was really a much more refined establishment. It did have a tavern, but the tavern had a separate entrance. So it was a hotel where ladies could go without damaging their reputation, and Mm. it also offered private accommodation. Today that building houses our Cantwell's Tavern, which is... A restaurant that uh, proceeds help to support the historic Odessa Foundation. Mm-hmm. The historic Odessa Bank, built in 1855, is a wonderful mid 19th century building designed by Samuel Sloan, who was a prominent Philadelphia architect, building this beautiful public building in Odessa. Um, and today, that is our visitor center and also the home of our offices. So this architecture spans um, well over 100 years. And it really gives you a sense of the economic engine for the region, because some of these buildings are very grand. And then in addition to that, you have vernacular housing that's charming and typical of what you would find um, in any small village or, or, or small city.
0: Now, now, as a port town, what were some of the commodities that were shipped in or out of Odessa?
1: Oh, there were there were a full array of of products that were moved uh, through Odessa. Wheat, of course, was a major uh, crop in that area, but there was also um, corn and barley and and other grains. Uh, it was a major peach producing area by the mid nineteenth century it was you know peaches were a big cash crop for that entire region um, oysters you know mm-hmm. the chesapeake bay mm-hmm. and the delaware river were just blanketed with oysters and we have we have diary entries for instance that mention barrels of oysters being shipped up from baltimore mm-hmm. through odessa to philadelphia
0: mm-hmm. now was the town of did the town of odessa get its name you said it was originally cantwells bridge bridge mm-hmm. But it was renamed Odessa. Any connection to the Odessa of the uh, Black Sea region of of Russia?
1: No, only by reputation. Okay, okay. (laughs) No, what happened was um, in the mid-19th century, the railroad bypassed Odessa and went through Middletown, which is about three and a half, four miles west of of Odessa. Uh, The town fathers began to get concerned that the— the water trade was going to begin to decline because mm. it was cheaper and easier to ship by rail, mm-hmm. and the railroad took everything by storm. Um, so this is also at the time of the Crimean War. It's the mid-19th century, the 1850s, and there is a lot of publicity in the papers about the great wheat shipping port of Odessa in the Ukraine. Okay. And so uh. they decided to borrow the name, hoping to borrow some of the prosperity. <laughs> Didn't work out that way. Odessa went into a severe economic decline as a result of the railroad, didn't happen overnight, took about, you know, 25 or 30 years. But certainly by the Great Depression, Odessa was in very, very poor repair.
0: And I seem to recall somewhere in the 19th century, there was a major peach blight, which uh, greatly impacted that economy.
1: There was, there was. There was a peach blight called the Yellows, which sort of swept through the area mid-19th century, 1850s and killed off the bulk of the peach trees. Mm-hmm. And that was a terrible hit also for the region. And this is, you know, prior to that too, it's before the advent of commercial fertilizers, and some of the land was getting depleted as well. So you had, you had numerous factors that went into the economic and agricultural decline of the region.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I want to come back to the role of the... Uh, historic Odessa Foundation in the maintenance, preservation, and future of the historic houses of Odessa. But let me first remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guests in the studio today are the Executive Director of the Historic Odessa Foundation, Debbie Buxton, and a descendant of H. Rodney Sharp, uh, who... Uh, purchased and restored, uh, probably the, the centerpiece of of the houses, uh, Don and Sharp. Uh, the the historic houses in Odessa and the foundation. What what is the role that the foundation plays in the maintenance and preservation of this complex? And I know you're engaged now in a a major campaign to assist in that.
1: We are. It's so important that these buildings uh, remain open to the public for. The people of Delaware, but also for for people around the nation, we get visitors from all across the country. Um, they are some of Delaware's most important buildings. Uh, not all of them are fancy. Not all of them are mansions like the Corbett House. Some of them are examples of Delaware vernacular architecture, which um, is equally important to our understanding of how people lived and how our how our culture really developed. Um, it's a wonderful place. It is like stepping back in time. And we were very fortunate that H. Rodney Sharp entered the picture uh, or re-entered the picture, I should say, in 1938 when he purchased the Corbett House because he restored 19 properties in the historic center. Mm. And had that not happened, this is, this is the, the Great Depression just prior to World War II. Things are really in bad shape in Odessa by then. And it really would have been lost the wonderful thing is, is that he he did such an amazing job um, that, you know, when we took over in 2005, um, you know, things had we were dealing with a lot of deferred maintenance at that point because it was 60 years later, mm-hmm. 60, you know, some years later uh, since he had had donated the properties and. Um, so we, we were able to raise a lot of grant money to help us and assist us, uh, primarily grant dollars paid for much of the preservation, but it's ongoing. Um, these buildings take a tremendous amount of money to maintain and preserve at a really high rate or high level of historic preservation. And our collection is very significant. It's over 7,000 objects that were made and used in the region. Um, we have a very large collection of Delaware furniture and um, goods that were made in the mid-Atlantic, so it's a great place to come to really understand how all that begu- begins. In addition, we own 72 acres of property in the historic center, which includes a lot of the water frontage in the town uh, along the Apoconimic River. Um, we have big plans for the future. We want to create a walking trail. We've been actively involved in archaeological research of the property between um, uh, the Corbett and Wilson houses and the, the Apoquimic. And we've discovered really interesting stuff. The location of William Corbett's original tannery, a creamery, mm. mm-hmm. a cannery. Um, there was housing in that area. There was, uh, there was a mortuary. Mm. Um, so it's, it's fascinating because today that's gone. But all of those things were were businesses that drove the economic engine of the town, and we want our visitors to really understand why Odessa is there today. It looks like a sleepy little village, but in truth, it was it was an economic engine. Mm-hmm, in the
0: mm-hmm. Area. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the history of the foundation. When did it start? And and talk a little bit about your your uh, current campaign.
1: The foundation began in two thousand five. Um, we were formerly owned and operated by WinterTour. after um, after uh, you know some serious discussion with the WinterTour board they decided uh, that the two organizations should separate and so we formed um, thanks to Donin and uh, and her sister-in-law the historic Odessa Foundation in 2005 and we began um, the preservation efforts of of the buildings as they were at the time. Um, it was an enormous undertaking, and we didn't have any money. <laughs> so uh, we are completely supported by grant money, private contribution, um, our membership base, and also our, our restaurant, which was an enormous risk for us. But today um, we we serve over 100,000 visitors a year in historic Odessa. For many of them, um, their first entrance to Odessa, their first – their first real uh, introduction to us is through our restaurant, countless Tavern. And, um, you know, it's it's just grown astronomically. We're so pleased with the progress we've made. But that's also due in part to the change in the area. The Middletown, Odessa Townsend area is one of the fastest growing in Delaware. I think it's grown like 246% mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. in the last 15 years. So there is a need for for a cultural facility within that area and we are reaching out to our community we now have a membership of over 700 people mm. um, and and you know it's it, we are growing we're growing really at a rapid rate um, but in order to sustain all of this we well into the future so that Odessa is never in danger of closing again um, we need to build a permanent endowment. And so we are right now engaged in a campaign for endowment. Our goal is $3 million, which added to the to the funds that we already have, should uh, carry Odessa well into the future. This is the most important undertaking we've ever
0: taken. How can our listeners learn more about the historic houses of Odessa, the foundation, and your campaign?
1: They can go to our website, uh, historicodessa.org, and just clip on clip on the, the campaign. We have a wonderful video which explains exactly um, what we're doing. Uh, it also gives a lot of information about our programming. We offer lots of community programming for not just the MOT, but for people throughout the state of Delaware. We have an enormously successful school tour program. We have children. Uh, we serve over over 4,500 last year. We expect to be around 5,000. School children this year, which will be our maximum number of mm-hmm. children that we can mm-hmm. accommodate, but it's very experiential. We believe in engaging the children, employing all the senses. Um, when they come to Odessa, they get a real sense of what life was like. Um, in addition to that, we have changing exhibitions that uh, in our in our bank building, which serves also as a as a changing exhibition building, um, and We have a new exhibition opening August 9th, the Earl Abbott uh, Collection. Many of these are from his personal collection, have never been seen before, and we're very excited about it. He's a fabulous Delaware artist that really represents um, what what central Delaware looks like, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's exciting, and we're looking forward to that. Right now, we have a small exhibit of 19th century fans. Mary Warner, for whom the Wilson-Warner House is named, was both... Corbett and a Wilson and she traveled extensively in the 19th century and she collected fans from all over the world and there's even a um, there's even a language to fans for courtship Hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. kind of fun and interesting um we do lots of lots of programs our our brew fest is coming up um september 7th we're very excited about that it's in its sixth year it draws around two thousand people we'll have over Seventy-five breweries from all across the country. We have music on two stages, and lots of um, lots of artisans selling their wares and things. It's a great time. Um, everybody loves it. It's just so much fun. And one hundred percent of the proceeds proceeds benefit our historic preservation efforts and our programming.
0: Mm-hmm. Donna, we, we've got about a minute about a minute left. I'm curious. Uh, over the years, how have you seen? this complex evolve? And, and what does it mean to you as uh, having that personal family connection? We've got about yes. a minute left. Yes. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm so proud of of how far we've come in a, in really a very short time for such a project. Debbie has really put it in gear and thanks to a lot of very generous local foundations, we've come up with the funding to help to help the buildings Now, with our campaign, since I'm getting older, I'm stepping off the board, but before I go, I want to make sure that we're in good shape financially, and so this really has been a big project for us, but we've reached the point where it's now.
0: Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. Um, We've proved our point. We're on the map, and I want it to last forever.
0: Well, I, I want to thank both of you for joining us today. It's it's really always to me as a former history teacher exciting to talk about these kinds of of subjects. And having been down there many times, and I have to put in a plug for Cantwell's Tavern. It's one of my favorite places to <laughs> thank eat. You. It's it just the ambiance and the food and the setting. It's it's just magnificent. Uh, thank you both for joining us today to talk about the historic houses of Odessa, the historic Odessa Foundation, and. Uh, I encourage our listeners to visit historicodessa.org to learn more about your organization.